You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Welcome back to Legends Live, as presented by the National Basketball Retired Players Association, the home of all our NBA and WNBA legends. I'd like to remind our viewers that you can submit questions during the show. And without any further delay, I'd like to welcome this week's guest. He is a former Arizona State Sun Devil. He is a Denver Nuggets legend. We've got Mr. Triple Double, the original Mr. Triple Double here, uh, Lafayette, Fat Lever. Fat, how are you, sir? I'm good, Tyler. How you doing, my man, with all this madness that's going on? I, I, I'm hanging in there, man. I, that's I, was, good. I, I, I had a question for you, but I, I've been – somebody put a bug in my ear that I need – the first thing I need to know from you, what is the new name for the NBA? Oh, come on. Where you been? Where you what's been? The new, what, what's the new name for the NBA? The Nugget Basketball Association. Come on, Nuggets, go. Come on, bro. Okay, look, I'm, look, I'm gonna give you plenty of time to talk about. You. I'll give you plenty of time, plenty of time. How about the Nuggets? Okay, okay listen, I'll, you want to get into them now? No, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just messing with you. Go ahead. I'll say, no, let's we can get into this. it. Let's I, do this, I, listen, I was gonna say, I don't know if you see, I've got the uh Kentucky in the back. I love Jamal Murray, Ooh, so I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying this just as much as you are. You got one foot in the door now with, with being a Jamal fan with Kentucky in the background. Mm -hmm. That's one foot in the door. See, get that full foot in before the, the session's over with. I'm basically part of the team, is what I'm is what I'm picking up here. Just a team player. Yeah, that's why they win. That's why they win, and that's a team <laughs> right there, my man. <laughs> no, no, let's go. Ahead. What do you what do you think about this this Nuggets run? Like, what's uh, how, how do they keep one going to Game Sevens? How do they keep winning Game Sevens? I don't know how they got into Game Seven because going back to the Utah series, I was surprised they got out of that. So mm. once they got out of that series, going into the second series, I'm like, okay, they got a they got battle in front of them, Clippers. Right. So didn't expect any of this. And then especially you brought up your guy Jamal Murray playing outstanding basketball. And you think about it, he's going up against two, maybe three of the top defenders in the NBA with yep. Kawhi, with uh, PG13, and also Beverly. So yep. he's putting up numbers. I'm just totally amazed as far as how how well they competed. And then to be able to come back from double digits deficits in the uh, last two games and come back with a win. Oh, yeah. Outstanding basketball. So kudos out to the Nuggets. Even though I'm a little biased, kudos out to the Nuggets. Uh, listen, <laughs> just, just a little bit. Just, just it's fine, though. <laughs> okay. So what do they need to do to stop the Lakers? Like Lakers, a juggernaut, of course. They've also had, what, six, seven days off at this point. Right. Nuggets are coming off back-to-back seven-game series. So yeah. what, what, is, what does Denver have to do to, to well, the cut first down thing Denver, Every game that the Nuggets play in, if they limit their turnovers, they've got a good chance mm. of winning. On the offensive yeah. end, they've got so many different weapons that you can't play one and not expect the other one to go off or do something uh, spectacular. So right. not turn over the basketball, especially against the Lakers, and then get some rest and utilize mm. the depth of your bench first and foremost because Jamal – Jokic, 
the starters put in a lot of minutes. Yeah, they're a little fatigued, even though right. they're never going to use that as an excuse, but they will be arrested. Laker team is going to come out and try to run them, get them out of their situation. But this is where the depth of the bench come in for the Nuggets. You got the guys coming off Michael Porter Jr., Monte mm -hmm. Morris. You keep a Millsap if he starts, who doesn't start? And we haven't seen the entire roster yet, so I'm, I like that portion of it. But this is a great, great Laker team. So they've got their hands full. It reminds me of going back to the old days, the Lakers of, of Magic Johnson, Byron Scott, Michael Cooper, Kareem, against the Denver Nuggets of myself, Alex English, and that group. So I'm kind of want to see the, the Nuggets move ahead on this one now because we got some redemptions right here. I was going to say, last time you all fed, that was conference finals, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? At Lakers, yeah. Nuggets. Okay, so what the, what's the prediction for this time? You think the Nuggets uh, turn the tide? That crystal ball says yes, but the numbers don't match up. So right now, <laughs> one, two games at a time. Call me True. back after the third game. Call me back after the third game. I'll let you know. Okay. The series. Okay. I, I, who, who's winning game one? Give me that. Who, who's winning off the bat? Like, does it? I would give the, I would give momentum. The Lakers, okay. No, I would give the Lakers the edge. I would okay. Give the Lakers the edge on that, but I don't see them coming back doing much more than um, taking the Nuggets out of the first game jitters and knowing where they go from there. So I mm. see uh, Lakers take game one, and then we move on from there. Okay. What uh, What do you think we see from Jokic this series? Because they the Lakers. Clippers didn't necessarily have the big bodies. The Lakers do. Like they can go AD. They can go Dwight Howard, JaVale. Like, they just got long arms, big bodies to throw at them. So what do you think we see from uh, Jokic this series? Well, Tyler, I'll tell you this. No matter what you throw at him, he's going to throw something back at you. Because yeah. he's that much of a so multidimensional type of a player. Yeah, he's so such a talent. If you put a body on him, he's going away from the basket. You put someone small on him, he's going down low to the basket. And the shots he's making, these one-foot fallaways, these one-foot leaners. That Rainbow shots. Everywhere. So I think he makes that adjustment. And the thing that I hesitate to say is that when you're more physical with him, then he becomes – he gets thrown out of the ball game somewhat. Hmm. That's where I think they may have a little trouble. Just because if like if like the White and Javel, that's what they're there for. If they're if they only have to rough them up, box them out a little bit, let AD come in, play some five at the end of the game. That's what I worry about. I worry about that matchup too because AD on on Jokic is a very good matchup, size for size, inside mm. out type of games, both multidimensional players. And if they put him on there, that's a a chance for someone like Jeremy Grant coming in and Paul Millsap to take advantage of the other match. That's what makes this Nuggets team so strong. Their 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 depth and and able to defend and get up and play. Offense and defense. And Michael Malone is a defensive coach, so right. if the defense is there, they'll get the offense. Yeah, this is a team. They don't really get much kudos for their defense because you think of Jokic, Jamal, not necessarily defense-first guys, but you look at that game seven, the Clippers scored 89 points. That's a great offense that they held to 89 points when the, you know, when everything was on the line. So you, you play in some kind of defense at that point. Well, when the Nuggets get behind, they start playing defense and don't turn the ball over. That's why mm. they were able to come back from double uh, double point deficits in those last two games to come up with victories. And that's on the defensive side. And when you start playing defense like that and not turn the ball over, you get easy scoring opportunities. Right. Yeah. I think it's a thing they'll have to, you're not going to be able to do that against LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, get down 3 1. Like we've seen him on the other side of it. I don't think we're going to see him 
blow too many 3-1 leads. But I didn't think we'd see Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And I didn't so either. You, you, re you really never know. Tyler, here's the biggest thing. The bubble is one thing, but remember that home court advantage that everyone gets away from now? I just know the Clippers would have loved to have been out of the bubble, yeah. being back home. That would have changed the dynamics of the games, but it is what it is, so you have to deal with it. And LeBron has been there multiple times before, so he knows how to get his team back into it. And it's going to be very critical to make sure that the Nuggets don't get too caught up in the emotions of the finals this early mm -hmm. in the game. That's why I think the emotions will be there. But Nuggets may give up the first one. But after game three, I think it's time for them to settle in. That's fair. That's fair. Now, yeah. say we take that that Lakers Nuggets conference finals that that you played in. We transported that into the bubble. How do you think that would work? Like, what, what do you think? What kind of effect do you think the bubble would would have on you? You know, I think we would do. We'd probably be better off. Okay. In a bubble Why? situation, and I say that because our team was so close and we did so much together. Mm. So being in a bubble, you were still doing those things. One of the things that Chopper Travelini used to do was always have card games. You know, planning card games and keeping the guys close. We were always going out to eat. So you're in that bubble, and every time we went on the road somewhere, we didn't have the road show like the Lakers. We had a few fans yeah. there, but, you know, going into the bubble, you're used to being somewhat isolated right. within a, a small group, guys playing cards, chit-chatting and things like that, and you go out period periodically. But, you know, with the Lakers, everybody wants to see them. And that, right. that fan stands for it. It's not there. So I'm amazed by the families that are at the games now and how right. the they're interacting with the guys on the floor. I uh, see the guy like um, the, the Celtics big star Tatum. He, his, he's mm -hmm. out there playing well. His son's still watching. Same thing with uh, Marcus, uh, Markeith Morris Jr., uh, senior. His son mm -hmm. here, that's great. So we saw the other side of that too where right. you got the rift going between two different teams and – Players in the stands, family members. Yeah, Westbrook and getting Rondo's brother. That that was a that was a lot. Yeah, that's a change. That's a change that uh, that home court advantage is not the same, but that's some something, something similar to it. I think, and jumping to the other side of the bracket, I think that's some of what we're seeing with the Heat. I, I read something similar that the reason that the Heat were kind of built for the bubble, it's like they do all this stuff ordinarily like if they were in miami they'd all be focused on basketball they'd still be hanging out still working out still getting to the gym and all that so the bubble didn't feel like too much of a change and you see I, they stormed right into the conference final and are up right I, now and i like that experience that jimmy butley brings to the table eric spolster has been there so i give eric spolster a lot of credit because mm. we didn't expect any of this coming from his side being with miami uh -huh. and then the way you got the dragon coming in on Dragic coming in playing well so he's made adjustments, and that's what being in different atmospheres of the bubble or being at home on the road, you've got to make those adjustments. And I think uh, right. Miami's done a great job of making those adjustments. So what do you think? They, they got the, the close game one, uh, the conference finals. They're up one zip on the Celtics. What are you seeing from that series? What do you think we, we see in game two and the, the rest of the Eastern Conference finals? How young the Boston Celtics really are as far as their stars mm. go. You see Jason Tatum out there and the other guys that are young, been in the league less than three years. Jimmy mm -hmm. Butler's been in the league a little longer. And then right. even though they've played some playoff games, but nothing like this. So I think that youthfulness, not necessarily inexperienced, but inexperienced in the playoff that someone like Jimmy Butler and older players from the Miami mm -hmm. has, especially with the coach, because 
the adjustments that he's made has been very, very eventful for them to the point where it hasn't cost games. And more than anything, it's given them a chance to win basketball games. Right. So who do you uh, – sounds like you're leaning the heat. Who do you have – who you got on the I, other side of the bracket? I like Boston, and I like okay. them because as they grow and they get this experience in seven games, I like their talent to come up and do it, but I think it's going to go seven games, and then I'll take uh, Boston. Okay, Boston and uh, in seven. You said, so you, but you uh, can't say for the Western Conference Finals. You don't know who they'll be facing just yet. It's still the NBA. So if it's the Nugget Basketball Association, then I'm leaning that way. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm not throwing my whole hand in yet because I'm not in uh, Vegas. I'm sitting at home in Phoenix right now. So right. I was going to say, careful. One game Careful with it. Exactly. Now, I <laughs> mentioned it earlier with the, the triple doubles. Now, you've got 43 career triple doubles. Nikola Jokic currently has 41. Is there, I mean, I'm just saying, this is your, if there's anything you want to say to him, tell him, knock it Some off, Tyler, or, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I didn't want the season to start back up. I get it, man. I could have went the whole season and he would have broken my records. So he's going to do it without question because he does it so effortlessly and easy that uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan because you can see certain guys who want to get a triple-double and they, they, they play for the stats. He right. doesn't have to play for the stats. He just right. plays his game, and they come like he just he does happens it every day. to get him. Yeah, yeah. He just because he's going to pass the ball. And then, how many big guys do you see? One of the plays we saw the other night in the uh, Clipper game, the guard got the outlet, got the rebound, mm. threw an outlet pass to a seven footer who took the ball up the court to make the pass. Yeah, and that was Jokic. That's that's yeah. something different that you don't see, and that's how his game has transformed his teammates, has transformed himself. I thought he was going to be in big trouble coming back from Serbia. Uh, yeah. After losing all the weight. Yeah, and I did too. I, I did too. No, he's he's been great. Like they, every single game, like it's come down to seven, so they've played the thinnest of margins, and he's been crucial for them. Yeah, he's done it all. So, but that other kid from Kentucky that's sitting behind you, Jamal Murray's. <laughs> oh yeah. He, he's they've helping got, a little bit. He's you know they've got that one two punch combination where they're working together and mm. that's something they didn't have uh early on in the season last year right. now it's gotten to the point where it's grown and they've gotten better working together so that one two combination and then whoever fills in for that third because it takes usually three big guys mm. to win a game the big three or the three on three the however you play it three guys mm. usually win basketball games for you now you brought up jamal you were a pretty good defender in your day you know, Nuggets all-time leader in steals, all NBA defense team. How would you stop Jamal Murray? How would you approach Jamal Murray? I don't, I don't know if you can stop him. What kind of ball he's playing right now. You know, it's hard because I just said Kawhi and PJ uh, three couldn't stop him. Mm. I'd put, a, I'd pick him up full court, and if he scored too many points on me, I'd go get Tr Dunn and Nelson Turner to guard him. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's my teammates <laughs> because those. Are way, yeah, y'all give it a try, players. man. I'll just, I'll just pick him up full court, make him work a little bit. And then when he gets down low, start posting him up and doing different things. I'm going to look over at TR. I'm going to look over at Elston Turner, the better defensive player time. says, hey, you guys go. Come on. Uh, let's switch. Yeah, I'll take somebody else. What do you think of like everybody playing the fast pace? Like everybody, like you guys played in the 80s. You guys were 
it was innovative, up and down, and it wasn't even so many, much three pointers because that that style wasn't as prominent then. But is it something like you like to watch it now? You don't like to watch it? Like, what do you think of the style of play just in general now? Tyler, I like the style of play. I like how different teams utilize it, and mm. the utilization from our era to now is because of the three point. You see more five out type of uh, offenses being ran, and all the five players are above the three point line. Yeah. Our motion type of offense was Alex would catch it outside, but not at the three-point line necessarily. And then it opened up the middle, so you got a lot of baskets around there, guys cutting to the basket. So I like the cuts and the guys who pass to the open cutter who's going to the basket and not mm -hmm. necessarily driving to the basket, and you got a two-pointer. In today's game, you kick it out for a three. Right. And it's a bad shot if your feet are on the line, and it's a two. Right. So that mid-range game has changed dramatically from our era to now, but I think that the three-point shooters who can shoot it, shoot it. If you are a mid-range shooter, Monte Morris to me with the Nuggets is a, is a great mid-range shooter, and he's right. not necessarily going to take the three. Someone like Lou Williams from the Clippers, mm -hmm. it's an automatic score. So I think it's your personnel that know your personnel. And once you know that, if a guy's out there at three, Beverly's out there at three, He's open. He's open for a reason. They want right. him to shoot the basketball. Right. And you let that happen. The same thing right. with Kyle Kuzma with the Lakers. Right. He's out there open for a three. You better challenge that shot. Right. Now, that, that was as far as you watching. Is that something would you like to play in this era? Like you mentioned some of the motion stuff. Now, it would be you would have you'd bring the ball up the court and have so much space to attack, to operate. Is that something you'd like or you prefer oh, your, that motion? I would love in this type of offense to play with someone like Jokic that passes the ball mm. because you're always moving. Right. Uh, the, and I hate to bring up the Houston Rockets. History is there, and I've got to support them all the way through. But the one-on-one -on -one basketball makes him work so hard that right. everyone else stands around. I don't like that part of the basketball game, but if you have a talent like a James Harden that can beat anyone one-on-one -on -one or the athletic ability of someone like Russell Westbrook, you pay to play to those strengths. My strength was not beating someone one-on-one, -on -one, but making sure that I moved and took what the defense gave me. If someone was playing off me, then I gave that a position to get away from them. If someone mm. was playing too tight, you had the ability to go by them. But you didn't necessarily have to do it with the dribble. That's why you had that wing guy kick it to him, cut to the basket, get an easy layup. So is there anybody that reminds you of yourself? Or anybody like you, you like to watch play currently? There's, there's a guy, and he remind he he resembles me as my playing days. We look back at some of those old cards, mm. and Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm looking at this okay. kid, I was like, man, okay. did I look like that? Think about it. <laughs> you took a step back, like, okay. <laughs> so I watched him play, and I was like, wow, okay. So that would be a comparison as far as resemblance go. And then as far as the game goes, uh, if I stay with the Nuggets, I'd say someone like Monte Morris. But Spencer mm. is someone that uh, plays a similar type game, can play offense, can guard the ball, but is more going to be getting you involved and everyone else playing the same game. You know, everybody on mm. the same page. Got you. Now, did you ever, like, triple-double, did you ever have to uh... – I mean, I'll keep it between you and me. Did you have to, like, yell at Alex English, like, hey, come on. Like, that would have been my 10th assist, man. You have to get on uh... – Danny Shades, or so he grabbed your 10th rebound right in front of you. You ever have to yell at anybody like that? 
I didn't, they yelled at me for it. <laughs> because Danny said, Danny says, I'm like, I'm boxing now. You coming in and steal the rebounds. Now Doug's going to yell at me for not getting any rebounds. <laughs> so they, they, so they gave you the hard time. Oh, they always gave me the hard time. And then um, Bill Hansen would come up and say, hey, you know what? You should average a triple-double. You play all the minutes. You got 40 minutes. You play 40 minutes. You should be able to get uh, double figures and score. Yeah, at least you can do. Still for me. Yeah, you, can, you should get a triple-double. So it was always in a joking manner. But um, mm. I think that's where we were talking earlier, Tyler, about the fun part of the guys. It right. was a lot of fun because right. Alex English was a super, superstar. And he never carried himself that way. That was one of the things that I like about the legends and what we do with the Retired Players Association. When you see these guys around at an um, all-star game or an event that we're putting on where there's the mm. players meeting, that's where that camaraderie comes back. And I remember mm. having a teammate in Dallas by the name of Rodney McCray. He yelled at mm. one of the players, the big guys, for missing a layup because he would have had a triple-double in one of the games. So mm-hmm. every time we see each other at one of the retired players or legends meetings and things like that, those are things that uh, come back and uh, get you gets that gets that energy flowing again. Right, right. See, I think we check with Bridge. I think we got a couple of viewer questions lined up here. Let's see what what questions people have for if you got a, a second to answer a couple questions yep. with this fat. Let's see what we got. Let's see what let's we come see. up with. Let's see. Oh, it's my man from last week. I cannot pronounce his name. <laughs> But I recognize the name. I appreciate you coming back. It says Fat, are you are twenty fifth at NBA all time list in steals? Which players were most difficult to take the ball from? Then that's an easy answer. Isaiah Thomas. Remember, there, <laughs> there's a video when I was in Portland. I always say this. I tell. I think we might have talked about this when we did an interview back at the All Star game. Uh-huh. Isaiah Thomas. There's a little highlight of me trying to take the ball from him, and I'm in a, a Blazer uniform. And he's mm-hmm. it's like a globetrotter routine. So he's dribbling <laughs> the ball, and I'm chasing him on one side. Darnell Valentine is chasing him on the other side. So we're going back and forth, and he's mm-hmm. just dribbling through us like, okay. And, and at that time, we're like, we can't foul. We can't foul. Right. And then Jack right. Ramsey, who's the coach, is over there screaming, foul him, foul him. Darnell, you foul him. So he's one of those ball-handling uh, magicians that was really difficult to take the ball from because he had the ball on the string. And I'll use someone like in today's game, uh, I think Steph Curry has a ball on the mm. string that's, you know, it's a high dribble, whereas Isaiah's right. is lower to the ground. But uh, Kyrie Irving would be the next guy in today's era that I think would be hard to take the ball from uh, on a one-on-one defensive position. Mm. Like Chris Paul up there, too, just talk in terms of uh, having a ball on the string. Yeah, and I'm those guys who are going to look to score. Chris Paul on the strings looking to pass the ball, whereas right. James Harden, you never see him passing right. the ball as much as well. He scores, and gets his assist, but he's looking to score first. And he's he's primarily the guy with the ball. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Next question we got from Ty here. He said, "Would love to know if Fat has been around this Nuggets team uh, at all, or talked to Murray Jokic about their games. You've been in touch with the team, any?" I have because I do some of the broadcasting with Altitude periodically before the uh, pandemic hit. And mm. I go back and do a few games and got a chance to watch them in practice. And one of the things I talk about Jokic as far as off the court goes, oh, he is so easygoing. He is that total gentle giant. He dances mm. with the guys on the floor. He dances <laughs> with the other teammates, uh, kids in the, in the hallways. He's high-fiving everybody. And when you ask him a question, 
it's a usually a short answer, but it's a mm. comical answer. So he's right. just so easygoing. And Jamal Murray is just the opposite. He's one of those <laughs> competitors. Yeah, Jamal, he's, he's all he's in. One of those guys that's always learning. He's always learning. Mm. So he's gotten to the point now where he's not afraid to go and say something to a teammate without offending them and right. letting them know where, where, where things stand. So I've spent some time around them. I'll do some stuff in the uh, Kings community with their ambassadors program. Uh, we're trying to get some other Dream Center programs going back in Denver once all this loosens up. So mm. the Junior Nuggets is one of the things that I get a chance to be a part of and talk about um, from Gold Crown Foundation all the way back to the stuff that the Kings do in the community. So that's mm-hmm. a good part of the things where I get the chance to see them and even going out to some of their camps and clinics that they put on for the kids. Now, what are the uh, Junior Nuggets? You said you did some the work junior with nuggets the, is, the Junior Nuggets is just like the junior NBA teams that have all their affiliates, Junior Sons, the uh, mm-hmm. Junior Kings, the um, Little League programs that the kids have up that they do through the Junior NBA program. So the Junior okay. Nuggets is one that we put on, we do something similar with the uh, Legends of Basketball with our full court press programs, where it's camps and clinics that we go out and do with the kids. And the Nuggets is called their Junior Nuggets program. Got you. Okay. Okay. Let's see if we have any other questions, Bridget. If not, we'll, uh, won't take too much more of your time. So, last question. Okay. So, I got one more thing I got to get from you, Fab. Before everybody leaves, you got to give us a couple songs. For the playlist, we're putting together a playlist. Give us one or two songs, anything that you're listening. It can be old, it could be new, anything Ain't at all. Nothing like the real thing, baby. Yeah, turn it up. Ain't nothing like the real thing. There you go. You got it. Okay. You like the, so you I like the old that music class, stuff. by the way, too, though. <laughs> no, man, I would you, C plus. I would give you a C plus at least. Oh my God, I, I'm a B student. No, <laughs> I'm a B student. C plus. C plus. <laughs> Hard to please. See, you just hold it against me because that you only got one foot in the, in the nugget bandwagon because you got one player. You got to get that whole foot in there. See, I'll tell you this. I had two because <laughs> y'all had, if you remember last year, y'all had Jerry Vanderbilt Ooh. who went to Kentucky. And he got. I get why they did the trade. It happens. But I, that was my second foot right there. I okay, was there you go. We give you, we so, give, we'll pass you. Okay. Yeah. We'll, y'all, y'all get another uh, we'll wildcat in there. Okay. Well. <laughs> All right, Fat Lever, thank you so much for joining us, man. Take care of yourself and uh, look forward to speaking to you again. You got it, Tyler. Thanks, Bridget. Legends of Basketball, everybody go to their website, support us. These guys need to be spoken to and let them know they're still around. And we got to get back out there so we can all get back together and get into those little reunion times again. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Like Fat said, check us out every Thursday. We've got new episodes live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can check us out on the NBA Alumni Twitter page, Facebook, YouTube, and the Twitch. I'd like to remind our viewers, you can watch any uh, replays of old episodes at legendsofbasketball.com slash legends live.